welcome back. This is... I feel bad because I don't know for sure. What is this, episode five? That sounds right. I thought right. it was four, but it can't be. You, um, you missed one, Donkey though. Donkey Kong, Street Fighter, That's Mario, true. and Maybe then... Six. Yeah, this is five. This is ep- episode five of... Um, wow. Of the good old-fashioned chomping at the bits... Today, we are here to talk about the one, the only, Kirby. That's right. We're talking about kind of Kirby in general. Um, like, a, the bigger focus of a lot of the research here has been on the first two games in Kirby's, I'm, I'm going to say discography, <laughs> Kirby's Dreamland. Kirby discography. Kirby's Dreamland and Kirby's Adventure. Um, and, and Kirby's sex tape. And Kirby's sex tape. Uh Kirby wouldn't even be where he is today without the release. Codename Twinkle Popo. It made him. Uh, I, of course, am Rich Meister. Who do I have coming at me today? For Also from New York, we have... Ray McGill, the creator of Kirby's sex tape in Gary's Mod. Wow, wow what a hero. And uh, newly assimilated in London, our new automatic spectrum Assimil- expert. Yes, hello, uh, America. What do you? What do you? Do you, you, what do you, you can do whatever. No, I was gonna interrupt you. Do do. <laughs> what do you? What do you know about Mister Do? Um, literally nothing. I knew nothing until you brought him up, and now I guess maybe next time I'll be the expert. Yeah, <laughs> stop putting a really unholy amount of research into. Do it. start researching Spectrum games. Like like your life depends on it, because in a lot of ways it does. Are you gonna start calling us colonists? I approach you in a back alley and ask you. What was that, Ray? Are you gonna start calling us colonists? <laughs> No, no, no. Come on. I keep forgetting I'm in the colonies. Come on. Okay, come on. Okay, come on. (laughs) That's not how it is over here. All right. uh, This is, by the time this episode comes out, New Kirby will be on the horizon. I I think I'm going to try and get it out like a a few days beforehand. Uh, But, but, yeah, uh, yeah, Kirby, there should be a new open, not open world, but a 3D Kirby adventure for you on your Switch. Kirby in the Forgotten Land. An open world Elden Ring-esque Kirby. Kirby deep-throats a car. Elden Kirby. Uh, he also deep-throats a vending machine. Did either of you guys uh, play that Kirby demo? I have not. It no. was pretty good, I didn't, but I heard it was fun. I didn't fun. play it. I want to go in pure. Okay, that's understandable. It, your data carries over, I'm pretty sure. Um... It's just like the first three levels. That's pretty cool. I gotta. I. I really do. I know the. I know you know Kirby sucking up a car is pretty jarring for a lot of people. It does also look a little weird, but uh. He's stretched over it. Like he's John. Yeah, I, John I Wayne mean, Gacy yeah. making a lampshade out of human skin. Like it's a little weird looking. Sakurai's vision finally realized. I. You know. I'm real. I'm gonna be really curious to learn why they decided to just roll with that because they could have just made Kirby become like a Kirby car, right? Like, that's not weird. Well, They could have just made him a Kirby l- car. Let me explain something to you as someone who has played that demo. They don't explain it. It's just the thing that happens and you're expected to live with it. Well, well, yeah, that's why I'm hoping that after, maybe when they go into like a potential dev diary, because Nintendo, I don't think Nintendo gets into the weeds of why they make things Very rarely. But I would love to know just why, <laughs> like, he goes about 85% over this vehicle, but then he just doesn't commit to the rest. Someone's been watching a lot of Cronenberg going into that. Absolutely. It was kind of, it was no kind of shame, like no how shame. the team had just been chain-smoking and watching Twin Peaks, and then they made Link's Awakening. You know, inspiration comes from strange places. Yeah, it's like... Well, as always, there's always humble car. beginnings for these. So I'm guessing today, what, we're going to talk about the roots of yeah, the Yeah, we're going to talk about good old um, Kirby. So we'll, I'll start with some basic history on the first game and then we'll get into how we usually start this so kirby's dreamland or hoshi no kirby as it was called in japan was released for the game boy by hal laboratories on april 27th 1992 in japan and august 1st 1992 in north america um the the big claim to fame of kirby is obviously he was described by the, I believe, 19-year-old at the time, Mashiro Sakurai, who you all know as the man who chains himself to a desk and makes Smash Brothers for a living. He uh, doesn't chain himself to that desk. Nintendo we, chains him We to that do, desk. metaphorically. <laughs> and Nintendo he literally. He his family. Well, he finally got to because he, got, he convinced Square Enix to put Sora in Kingdom Hearts. 
Sora was already in Kingdom Hearts. Big price to pay. Yeah, big price to pay. But that is the first release, the Game Boy release of Kirby, or Twinkle Popo, as he was known internally. Um, so uh, I'll throw you first, Ray. What What is your first experience with Kirby? Because I don't know if this is the case for all of us. For me, it was not Kirby's Dreamland. It is something I went back to later, but... It was not Kirby's Dreamland for me. My first experience was the NES Kirby's Adventure, and that was never a game that I owned as a child. Instead, it was rented over and over from a local blockbuster, which I don't think is the first time I said this on this show. Probably um, not. I mean, I I have a distinct memory of, weirdly enough, I have like a really firm in my head memory of renting Glover a lot. Yeah, I always remember like so where we live there was the <laughs> there was a McDonald's and a Blockbuster next to each other. So it's like I think we all remember McDonald's. that exact Blockbuster. Like that was the yeah. the we were from Levittown slash Wanto area Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, we just go to Blockbuster and between myself and my sister wanting to rent Kirby specifically because it was something that we both liked, I think we probably rented it enough to where it probably made sense to buy it but i don't think my parents ever did the math on that one sure yeah it's renting was weird that was a weird time of like renting consoles and stuff um that blockbuster is a sleepies now oh yeah yeah it got converted like twice i think it was a mattress store several times i think it still is yeah if i'm gonna sleepies it's like a mattress express oh no i think it's a mattress firm because i drive by it all the time and i go like a law firm yes (laughs) okay and do you uh, like laugh to yourself like an idiot yeah, like that? Yeah, I do. You know, I'm so fucking clever. And then the people in the you car are like, can you take me emphasis. home? <laughs> keep saying it with more emphasis so somebody else can hear it, but nobody's there. I like rolled, a law firm, I, I said. I the window. I'm like three lights away. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Please put your window up, sir. Eric, tell us about the first time you saw Kirby and knew he would be our salvation. Um... Think, looking, thinking back, so I genuinely gave this a thought earlier. I know I played Kirby's Dreamland. I remember it. That wasn't my first exposure. I really think it was Kirby sixty four. Now that I think about it, the Crystal okay. Shards. Um, I had no idea what the hell it was, but I had a blast with that. I don't. I don't think in Kirby's Dreamland he had the the, the powers at the time, but we can get. He to did that. even but, not. Uh, yeah, we'll get yeah. into a little bit about. Yeah, it had Crystal evolved. Shards, and then later on, I found out that there were Game Boy games for Kirby, and then later on, later on, I found out there were Super Nintendo games for Kirby. I just never had any of them. So yeah, sixty four. Yeah, so for me, um, it was it's an interestingly like specific one because I never played much of Kirby's Dreamland, but also I kind of did. Uh, because the first Kirby game I played was Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland for the GBA, which is a mm. remake of Kirby's Dreamland for the GBA. So I oh. guess uh, I guess I technically did play okay. a bunch of it. Like okay. it's a we we'll, we can talk about that game at some point. It's pretty much the same. It uses the GBA like they really wanted to use the horsepower of the GBA, so it's completely new art and completely new audio. And the only real differences are, I think, some of the bosses are harder. Just, I think this was also with the the art of the Kirby show that was going on at the time. That would make sense. I'm pretty that sure. Also, I'm just going I think off the show, but right back at you was going on at that time, I believe. And uh, I think that show has a, like it has a similar art. From I think that. the name of that show is a lot better in Japan. I don't remember what it is, but I remember reading it and going, "Wow, that's much less stupid." I I don't know. Maybe you showed me it. Somebody it else was definitely me. We talked me about this before on a, on a podcast was, we yeah, used to do. Yeah, you were showing me the difference. Right, and that was after one of the episodes. Yeah, it was the differences between the two. Yeah, that one was way better looking yeah. than the American one. It was terrible. I'm Googling that. Ray, you were trying to say something? Get in there. Well, I just, looking off the box art for Nightmare in Dreamland, it looks like Meta Knight plays a bigger role also because he's like, staring at Kirby from the background. Which makes sense also because um, that is, like, Meta Knight was a big focus of that show, the, like, sort of anime that was happening at the time, and I believe Nightmare in Dreamland is the first time they introduced their sort of Meta Knight mode, which is a harder like, difficulty where you replay the game as Meta Knight after beating it. Yeah, it looks like he has less health then he has sword attacks instead of copying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like zero mode in Mega Man X. 
Exactly. It's a similar idea. Um, and yeah, it would make sense. The Nightmare in Dreamland is the first place that's introduced. Like, I remember the time I enjoyed that most actually was uh, doing that run of Kirby Planet Robobot because for a game where half of the appeal is Kirby's in a mech the entire time, Meta Knight just does not have one. And it is a very different game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get into it a bit with this episode. I don't know, because I know Meta Knight doesn't... Like, I know Meta Knight is in the NES one, but he's definitely not called out as especially special in that game. It's not until later where he really gets, like, a big prominent role. I I feel like his role, and we can get into this when we talk about Kirby's Adventure a little bit, in that game is more something like Knuckles' appearance in Sonic 3. Yeah. Uh, where it's kind of like, oh, here's this character, and then his popularity really takes off, like, in the background of those games, and so he has a much more integral role as they keep making Kirby games. Yeah, I mean, if you look at him now in, like, Smash Brothers, he's, like, all, like, demonic, like, oh, look at my bat wings as I fly around. Yeah, he's he's really Kirby Kirby's goth cousin. Um yeah, he's at he's at Hot Topic a lot. You can find him at the food court in the mall. He's got with, you know big all sorts yellow of eyes and black t-shirts. And yeah, like the whole joke of Meta Knight is supposed to be like he's this hardened warrior, but underneath that armor, he's literally exactly the same as Kirby. It's a metaphor. Ha! Okay, okay. okay. Uh, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about. Let's get a little more into Dreamland then. Um, so Sakurai was the lead designer on Kirby's Dreamland, and basically what he set out to do was. He wanted to make an action game that anyone could pick up and play. Um, and for more experienced players, he wanted to add like a hard mode and make it really customizable in a way games kind of weren't at the time and still really wouldn't be for a long time. Um, the way I've always tried to like explain Kirby games to people, I, I think they fit into like the hierarchy of platformers Nintendo was putting out at the time where right in the middle you have Mario which is like a challenging, fun, well-designed type platformer. On the easier end, you have, uh, I'm sorry, on the harder end, you have Donkey Kong Country, which is kind of a more challenging platformer, but is definitely, you put into it what you get out of it. It's also a bad game. Disagree entirely, but... um, Damn. Then you have Kirby, which is kind of the make-your-own-difficulty. Like, you can get through Kirby games pretty easily, but they are packed with challenges like you make your own challenge in kirby kirby can be as hard as you want to make it and i think that's a really smart design choice yeah i would agree with that i mean especially with a lot of the things that were introduced in this first game that didn't get like i feel like kirby has really been like additive i don't feel like anything has ever really been taken out unless it was like a shtick for like the specific game but his basic stuff the flying the puffs of air, you know, how flat he gets when he ducks, like, that's all there, right right from the get-go. Yeah, exactly, and and one of the things that I think people, like, pointed to at the time of being, like, this is the quote-unquote, like, baby's platformer, as a lot of people would have said, was Kirby's ability to literally fly. Like, Kirby can inhale a puff of air, and it's kind of crazy when you have a platformer where falling in pits is almost a non-issue. Um, yeah, well, the funny thing about that is... is they compensate for that because i was playing this game this week and the game is well made in the sense that you could just try flying if you want however the game also has plenty of flying enemies that will get in your way and also flying is significantly slower than just running yeah kirby Kirby does not move at his top speed while flying no so it's like it could be safer and you're slightly more maneuverable but you know, there there are some drawbacks, especially, you know, if you're racing the double A batteries in your original Game Boy. Yeah, exactly. And I think because of um, because of Smash Brothers in particular, which we will talk a little bit about at some point, because Kirby has a big presence there. People immediately associate Kirby with the power stealing uh, idea because that is his shtick. Dreamland, as Eric mentioned earlier, does not have that. Uh, that would come not come until Kirby's adventure. So. Kirby's main means of attacking in Dreamland is he can inhale enemies and shoot them out as a star-shaped projectile, or he can just inflate himself and shoot out a puff of air. The weird thing is you could still swallow the enemies like how you do in Adventure to get their powers. But they go but nowhere, nothing. and there's no bonus yeah. level where Kirby poops. I looked. 
Yeah, no, it, 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 <laughs> I checked extensively. There, there's a that he searched everywhere on Reddit. I turned searched, safe search off. Yeah, it's it. I it found some stuff, scour. but it didn't look official. Fanfic.net, it didn't have exactly what we were looking for. It had some similar stuff, but not what we wanted. Yeah, some stuff in the right realm with also yeah. some racy Mighty Ducks fanfic. Some stuff I bookmarked for later, but it's not going to be helpful for this show. Yeah, no, nothing about Shrek and Shadow the Hedgehog is what you need for this That's one. That's precisely uh, what we need. But yeah, the first Kirby has like some Dreamland that is has some smart design behind it. It's a relatively short game. It's uh, five levels that are made up of multiple interconnected rooms. Um, even if you've never played Dreamland, um, you probably recognize a lot of the stuff from it because a lot of those bosses get reused consistently. Everybody knows that goddamn tree uh, that is in like pretty much every Kirby game. <laughs> And is a level in Smash yeah. Brothers. Yes, that's probably the bigger reason why everybody ever uh, knows it. But um, I mean, we can we can move on to adventure unless you guys have any like prevailing thoughts about Dreamland you really want to get across. No, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, I really don't even have anything to say about Dreamland. Like I said, I mean, to just suck things up and spit them out. Floating was cool at the time, but yeah, it was just Kirby. <laughs> That's, I guess that's one of the brilliant things about Kirby. It's just yeah, Kirby. We, we probably yeah, it's not really anything that we probably do want to say home about, but at the same time, it's cool. Yeah, what I do want to say about uh, Dreamland is it's cool how his canonical colors were not originally pink because if you look at the box art, he is that you know white. Well, here it's here's an interesting white. thing. Um, we should talk about that. That was one thing I almost missed, so I'm glad you brought it up because his canonical color was pink. Um, oh, it was? Yeah. Sakurai has always said that Kirby was pink. He is white on the American cover release. Oh, and uh, the European wow. one also. And the European the one as a mistake because there was no color on the Game Boy. But Sakurai has said in the original concept art, Kirby is pink. Kirby was always pink. Uh, no, you know what? I'm seeing that on the Japanese box, yeah. Shigeru Miyamoto actually thought Kirby was supposed to be yellow, uh, which is why in later Kirby games when there's a player two option, player two is always yellow. Um, oh, that's interesting. And then I also wanted to note about the first game, uh, the entire soundtrack, which Kirby has some great music like through the years in it, yeah, was yeah, done yes, by uh, Jun Ishikawa. Uh, he was the regular on the series. He's still composing music for, I believe, even on Forgotten Lands, the new one, he's still the composer. That's pretty dope, actually. So he has been with that game from the beginning and still is going strong with it. These um, Japanese developers just do not quit. Yeah, no, they they listen. They find their their thing and they make it go. Um, there's some stuff Smash players probably also recognize in Dreamland since, especially since uh, Kirby did not have his power absorption yet. There's a focus on like normal power ups. Like there's a spicy curry that gives uh, Kirby fire breath, or a mint leaf. A sweet potato in the Japanese version, we had to change it to a mint leaf because for some reason we wouldn't understand what a sweet potato is. Um, that lets Kirby fire rapid air puffs. Um, that also don't make him fall while flying, which really changes how you can play that game. Well, also, for the first time they introduced that, that level I remember specifically, it is like, it's almost like, you know, a water level in a lot of other games where it gets like auto side-scrolling and you're fighting a flying boss. Yeah, yeah. So like, you're kind of forced to use the air puffs as your only weapon. Kirby's Adventure uh, does some stuff with uh, water levels that I actually enjoy because uh, when Kirby is in water and you try and exhale, all you do is spit water. In the NES one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and Dreamland, you can't even do that. No. Yeah, you can't even... You can't expel air at all. But yes, on to Kirby's Adventure a little bit. So Kirby's Adventure is for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It's the second official game in the Kirby series. That's released in Japan on March 23rd, 1993, and May 1st, 1993 in North America. And as we've alluded here multiple times, if not outright said... This is the first game where Kirby gets his power-stealing ability that everyone sort of knows him for at this point. It's a pretty quick turnaround time on those uh, release dates, actually. Yeah, very quick. Um, which, you know, we as we all know, making any sort of video game is a nightmare. So that checks out. Yeah, no, I mean, luckily, you know, there's not much text in these games, so that's probably what made it faster. But this game actually had a lot more text than even the Game Boy one because of what I want to bring up as probably one of the biggest differences besides the power copying are all the uh, mini games. Yes. You know, like, 
Uh, my favorite, actually, I don't know what your yours guys were, but mine was that uh, quick draw game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little cowboy. It's a good look. It's a good look for Kirby. It's a, it's Whenever a I think of this, doesn't even like qualify as one of the mini games, but it just bothers me every time I think about it. Somehow, every time I finish a, uh, a level in Kirby's Adventure, I'm caught off guard by that tap A thing at the end to like. Oh, the platform. Yeah, the pl- and I yeah, and I only ever get to two best. because of it, because somehow it'll surprise me every time, no matter what. Like you'll you'll beat eight levels around every time you'll be like, oh wait, I have to do this. Yeah, I literally forget about it every single time. That is some short-term memory problems there. I don't know, <laughs> those man. Are not large levels. No, they're not. They're they're very quick turnaround. Um, but yeah, Kirby's Adventure. Now everyone knows Kirby is pink. Um, so your elementary school bully was even more sure that you shouldn't be playing it at this point. Yeah, way longer game because of cooler something powers. his dad said. To I him. love, I love the HUD in Kirby games. They're so straightforward and friendly looking and it's got but i always really liked how they always just told you what power you had and had like a little card drawing for it they could have just did they're unnecessarily intricate in a way that i absolutely adore uh like even that little no power i just loved it i loved it all um it always just kirby always gave you like just a nice happy feeling it's just an adventure you're just going in you're just doing some crap and i don't know it just also made it cool like needle i remember needle distinctly too because it's literally kirby and i just looked it up to make sure so like kirby like i think dodging needles that are coming at him in his card for the power it's just funny they're yeah. just creative little things that evolve over time with you and and that always stood with most of the kirby games i think that were on the super nintendo at least um I think for other games, I'm not sure because I haven't played past. I think it was Amazing Mirror, but um, I don't even think in Amazing Mirror they had that kind of HUD anymore. I think they got rid of it just because the powers became more color-coordinated or something. Like, you could tell what kind of power you had without needing that, I guess. Yeah, that's definitely... But I don't know if I'm right it, with it that. It brought a lot of hats. Yeah, the hats became a thing. I mean, like, in Kirby's Adventure, with the exception of things like Sword, where you're straight up holding a sword above your head the, through the your entire yeah, sprite yeah, yeah. changes... Um, without that HUD, there's really no way to tell what you have without just using it. Um, it's easy to yeah, lose okay. track of. In Amazing Mirror, they just have like text on the bottom left. Yeah, I don't know. In the earlier games, they just look like they they had a little TLC to them. I kind of liked them a lot. It was cool. There definitely looking. was a lot of that, and it's it's probably uh, of note to mention that if you play Dreamland and then go right into Kirby's Adventure, you're going to notice a lot of similarities in some of the level structure and some of the bosses. And that's because Kirby's Adventure was originally supposed to be um, a remake of Dreamland for the NES. And Sakurai and the team at HAL Laboratories started developing it. And from what I could gather, it seems like Sakurai himself wanted to change a lot. Like, he kind of went in and he got very ambitious with it and was like, no, I don't want to just remake Dreamland. Like, we learned a lot making that, and I feel like we can make a better game. And he wanted to no, this is Kirby's Adventure. This is a sequel. It's different. Like... There's a lot of bosses uh, that make an appearance in Adventure that are also in Dreamland and a lot of reused sort of platforming sequences. But there's really nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, today people find out things like that and they'd be up in arms about it. But game development was different back then and Kirby's Adventure is definitely different enough. Also, Kirby at this time, there's kind of a unique pipeline. Usually it was... NES, then you make the Game Boy version, like Mega Man, Mario, stuff like that, whereas Kirby went in the reverse order. So it wasn't how do we shrink down It was how do we make it bigger. Yeah, how do we blow it out, exactly. So, you know, in this game it did. It just included so much more. So, like, between, you know, minigames like Quick Draw, like the one where DDD is chucking eggs in your mouth until he throws a bomb. That classic adventure. Yeah, but even like the crane game, like there was a lot there, and the make sure levels, you get a big yeah. Kirby. Yes, you always want a big Kirby. Um, no, but even I played both games in the last forty-eight hours, and I gotta say, like you do, you see a lot of reused and remade stuff, but none of it feels like none of it feels cheap and lazy. It feels like. No, this is kind of the game we envisioned in the first place, so of course we're going to reuse what makes sense. It was, yeah, it was less, like you said, like they were trying to take the easy way out and reuse elements, and more like, we have a lot more horsepower now, and we can make Kirby what we always wanted it to be. And just kind of blow the doors off it. It's kind of funny you mentioned that too, what you were saying on, you know, they just don't make it seem like it's lazy. 
I've seen Wispy Woods maybe like a million we times <laughs> in a Kirby yeah. game. It's just so distinct. And yet, I'll tell you this, even if in this new one, I- I'm not going to personally play it. I'm kind of okay with it. But if they put in a Wispy Woods in this one again, I would be okay with that. I wouldn't even think that's lazy. Somehow Kirby I'd be surprised if it just doesn't made it so that... I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's almost... At this point in the game, it's kind of funny how they did it because, yeah, they did it in a way where it doesn't feel so rehashed where you're thinking, oh, of course, it's, it's this level again. You're just thinking, oh, yeah, it's this level. Like, like where is this? If it wasn't present, I'd start thinking, what the hell? Because it's just so iconic. It's, and they happen to do that yeah. not only for the levels, but also the enemies, like Waddle D and all those guys. Basically, I start to question where the hell they are if they just aren't included in some of those games because they became so memorable and just cool like it's just a part of his like cast of characters that always waddle d's became memorable enough that one of the main uh like gameplay loops of kirby and the forgotten lands that's coming out soon is you're building a village for the waddle d's to live in (laughs) like that's like that's and they're just enemies you know what i mean like it's just that's how iconic kirby has become like his whole cavalcade of characters are just there yeah the waddle d's have become kind of expect them to the waddle d's have become the mario s stars you collect in this new kirby game they're your new chow garden yeah precisely your chow garden that like i don't know opens its own carpentry firm excellent also if there's not a tree that only seems marginally committed to fucking you up i will be upset because that tree never really seemed like he was really into it like his apple game was lazy and even when he's throwing puffs of air at you, it's, you know, whatever. Well, that's the beauty of that first fight in Kirby's Adventure, right? Is you go in there with the sword and you could fuck him up before he has a chance to do anything. And in that sense, you're a monster. Because also, he's yeah, he a, cries every single time. He's a tree and you have a bladed weapon. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a real, it's it's not really a fair, uh, a fair fight there, I don't think. No, the Lorax hates that fight. No, not, not a fan of that. Um... Kirby's Adventure, while we're still on this one, has had a multiple re-releases, um, which is uh, 2002, we got Kirby's Nightmare in Dreamland that I mentioned earlier, which is an enhanced remake of Kirby's Adventure for the GBA. Um, the level design is identical, but one of the main things they focused on was making those hidden doors, because a lot of the way Kirby games are designed are basically long connected rooms with doors that link them. Um, and there's always a lot of hidden ones. They made them easier to spot in uh, Nightmare in Dreamland, and the bosses were made more difficult. But graphics and sound design were done from scratch to fully take advantage of that hardware. And that was where I first experienced Kirby, and that is still a really good version of that game. I've actually never played that one. I definitely have it sitting somewhere on a hard drive. So you pr- yeah, I was going to say, you probably have a ROM of it somewhere. It's That's like the best version of Kirby's Adventure, I think. That's interesting, because I've always been a you know again just my childhood nostalgia for that nes game so if there's a better version of that yeah i'm down to try it i I would definitely recommend that and also i don't know if either of you has any experience with this because i don't uh it was released uh for the 3ds eShop in november of 2011 and interestingly enough i mean it's the same game but it has full 3d like you can play the original kirby's adventure with the 3ds stereoscopic 3d I did buy this. That's just Kirby's Adventure Wii, right? Uh, that is like the the NES Kirby's Adventure, but port like it is the the NES game. Yeah, there's oh. so it's on the Virtual Console for the Wii and the Wii U. So those are unchanged. There's the NES Classic Edition. It's also available on N- Nintendo Switch Online. But then what Rich is referring to the 3D Classic version. That's where you got those NES ports. I think they were usually done by M2. And what they did was if you turned on the stereoscopic 3D, it would actually work on these 8-bit games. And some of them looked really cool. Like, I believe there is a... Um... Excite Bike looked really good. Uh, Did they do... Am I, am I wrong, or did they do A Link to the Past like that? No, they didn't do any Super Nintendo. It was just NES games. So there was a Zelda game, though, right? It like was original Zelda on there, or am I? No, I don't think so. I think that they didn't do that. They they didn't do many of them. They did. I know they did Kirby. I know they did Excite Bike. Excite Bike is the one that came with the Ambassador program, so that I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, but I did buy the Kirby one. I mean, the problem is for me in general that stereoscopic 3D 
in every game gave me giant headaches, so I really couldn't use them that much, if at all. Yeah, I wasn't huge on it either. What I ended up doing with a lot of them is, I don't know if you guys remember, to, to tangent for a moment here, uh, when that uh, Kid Icarus Uprising came out for the 3DS, and it came with that little stand mm-hmm. to play it on. Yeah. If I wanted to play something in 3D, I had to put it on a desk on that stand. Uh, so it wouldn't be moving around while you were... Yeah, like that stereoscopic 3D is very much like you're looking in on a scene, and if it's perfectly still, it looks really good. I get what you're saying there. Also, Kid Icarus Uprising, another Sakurai joint. Yeah, he sure does love his underdog characters. Um, Kirby, much less of an underdog than Pit, but uh, Kid Icarus Uprising actually pretty good uh, i think that's one of those games that game. should be ported to the switch because also it has a control scheme that can handle it yeah yeah i would agree would agree uh but that's a conversation for another day everybody's waiting on that kid icarus episode yeah oh yeah faded breath <laughs> yeah. right there with burger time yeah well we'll do the actually this. i could literally talk about burger time for the last time no, i played burger you know, time i think was with you eric i think we were at barcade in brooklyn playing burger time and i was like I blitzed as hell like being like time. I love Burger Time. You know where this all comes <laughs> yeah, together? Ironically. We have to do an episode about Captain N, the game master. Yeah, that's we'll where get Kid there. Icarus, Burger Time, like King Hippo, that's where it all comes it's together. It's the only opportunity I'm ever gonna have to talk about the eggplant wizard. It's the only opportunity we're ever gonna have to talk about time, Link from the Legend of too Zelda. Much tension. <laughs> yes, exactly. Bur- that weird version of Simon Bur- Belmont, all the best characters. Yes, Bur- Mega Man. All the best characters. Mega Man who smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Hey, it's me, Mega Man! Great show. Oh, quality. Terrible show. Quality content. I don't want to. I don't want to go off on a tangent because now I'm looking at Burger Time Deluxe. That game is Burger great. Time is great. Great. If you game. think Burger yeah, Time is bad, get out of here. No, Burger Time's a great yeah. game, but I'm just saying it's best represented through Eggplant Wizard of Captain and the Game Master. I I agree with you. I don't disagree for a moment. Uh, Did they? I have to say, at least with Kirby too, Kirby games in general with the enemies, the world itself and the enemies are just so out there. And maybe that's just me. Like they're the bosses. I know for Kirby's Adventure. No, I'm sorry. For um, maybe it's Adventure. Yeah, it is with the dude with the shades. It's literally like a guy who has like a big cape. He's like the final boss and he just has sunglasses though. It's just this demon thing. And that's in Nightmare and Dreamland too. All of his villains and everybody, they're just so weird. Always so weird looking. And it's never just King Dedede. You get past him, you find out, okay, like he's just this dude. Dedede is always just a patsy. Oaf. Like he's never, yeah, he's, he's like never the patsy the... for the big boy. Exactly. He's never the big bad. But you go to the, but then you go past King Dedede, right? And then you find out there's just like a boss called nightmare <laughs> you're just like okay because it's completely just polar opposite for everything that kirby well, stands for and then you just go to this thing that's like literally the epitome of darkness and that's night, and kirby just has to fight that's it. the beauty of kirby because like kirby is this special rotund little boy but the plot of every kirby game is like an ethereal god ruins kirby's birthday party so he murders it or yeah like uh he ruins king dedede's cake and King Dedede beats up Kirby because he thinks it's his fault, but it's not. It's just, and then they go to fight like this giant eldritch eyeball that's in a cloud. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. So, though. Like, well, it's, it's like most so Japanese weird. game progression. Your first quest, get this cat out of a tree. Final quest, destroy God. Exactly, yeah. It's the same progression. Uh, since Eric brought us the transition, we could talk a little bit about Kirby's Dreamland 2, uh, which was released in Japan on March 21st, 1995, which is the first significant time difference uh for Kirby games coming out, and North America on May 1st, 1995. Uh, it came out in Europe on July 31st, 1995, and Australia on November 22nd, 1995. So very scattered release for this one. Um, but this is another Game Boy it game. Also included Kirby's Companions. It, yes, the uh, right. I were discussing this a little bit before we jumped on. This has, the, I believe Kirby's Dreamland 2 has three animal companions, which this carry, this is another element that carries over, but I think only in the dreamland games yeah dreamland 3 on the snes has it and expands on it okay yeah perfect um so yeah as eric was kind of alluding with the weird like uh enemy designs the villain of kirby's dreamland 2 is literally called dark matter 
This is what I mean. This is exactly what I'm talking about. What the hell is that? He goes into the writer's room and he goes, yeah, I'm just going to make it like Dark yeah, Matter. Dark Matter well, li- literally fun. possesses King DDD and uh, steals wow. the, the rainbow bridges that connect the seven islands of Dreamland. And that is the setup for Kirby's Dreamland, too. Also, I'm looking at Dark Matter right now. So there's Dark Matter Blade, where he <laughs> looks too. like like a tiny, like a chibi DBZ character. And then I'm looking at real Dark Matter, who A, looks like the final boss from Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, or when you finally fight Yu Yevin at the end of Final Fantasy X. <laughs> By the way, spoilers for Final Fantasy Wow, X. thanks a lot, asshole. I was going to get to finishing that. that. That that twenty one year old game. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. This this show about spoiling old games. Um, I wanted to note because I don't know if you guys <laughs> would be aware of this, but I just think it's a neat touch. Um, Kirby's Dreamland Two is a Game Boy game, so like Kirby's Dreamland, it's obviously grayscale. Uh, but if you plug it into a Super Game Boy, uh, it does have some color. Like a, that's how I was playing it. I was playing the color version, and it has a, a cute little border with Kirby's animal friends around it. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to point out about this game, because I didn't know I was getting into I'd never played this before today. This game does something really cool with the animal companions. It changes how all the powers work. Because if you're riding on, who is it? Rick the Hamster? Correct. Yeah. If you're if you're riding Rick... Um, Please never say riding Rick again. <laughs> if you're riding Rick, then the powers and how they... how Rick uses them change. So, like... If you have the fireball ability, which normally that makes Kirby hurl himself forward as a ball of fire, Rick just uses the fire power where he just spits it out of his mouth. And if you have the umbrella power, instead of throwing the umbrella out, he puts it straight up and Kirby turns into a ball on top of it. So, like, Kirby accesses a different power, which is a little odd. So there's some contextual usage of the powers um, based off Kirby using his animal companions, that which is cool a cool design idea and um that'll obviously carry into dreamland 3 and um uh you know just that series beyond but i actually wanted to note uh now that i was talking about that like color scaling thing because i meant to bring this up earlier because i'm interested if either of you guys knew because i didn't and probably wouldn't have if i hadn't played dreamland on the original cart when i played it and maybe he's th- holding up the cart by the way for those of you listening yeah to this, this is a vis- all eight of you who actually listen to this this is a visual podcast we got more than eight people listening to this show actually um i, I wouldn't actually know you never share numbers with that's, me. i'm like nintendo baby it's none of your business um <laughs> i'm on the show that's showbiz baby um if you pop uh the cartridge for kirby's dreamland into a i was playing it on a game boy advanced sp kirby is pink oh very cool. Oh, okay. Very cool. Everything else is still gray, but Kirby is pink. <laughs> it's like, so it's like your victory It's like the them. Schindler's list of Kirby. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It's more like Sin City. By the time you get to level four, the color starts coming back. Okay. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was an interesting detail. That is pretty cool. I have to say, yeah, I, like I didn't that. even know that. Yo, the, see, I didn't know the hamster's name was Rick. Like, this is what I mean. I was, I was like, yeah, it's just her Kirby's hamster companion. Did you not read the manual? I knew Koo was called Koo. No, no, I didn't. I knew Koo was called Koo. Um, oddly enough, didn't know his name was Kind for the fish, but I figured it wasn't Kind, but just Rick. Also, we see, for a loop, I, I think for the first time we see Gooey. Everybody, Gooey, uh, much like Meta Knight, you know, <laughs> another staple of Kirby. Kirby's friends. Another another staple in the rogues gallery. No, well, Kirby. Gooey looks like... If one of the designers was really drunk playing Dragon Quest, it went, I want a slime in Kirby. And then they drew that. And they made gooey. That's, yeah, that's the rest is history. That's a victory. <laughs> I, I would say so. I would absolutely say so. Well, th- well as I'm, it turns I'm, out. I'm being ironic. That's a victory. Gooey. <laughs> it's a total victory. If I saw gooey. Imagine somebody's like, oh, I, I, I uh, developed on uh, Kirby. I'm like, oh, yeah, no shit. What'd you make? It was gooey. Well, as far as I could tell, gooey here, according to the Kirby wiki, uh, is made from the same material as the villain Dark Matter. <laughs> I What's Dark Matter made of? Deeper, what's, what's your best guess? This game has deeper lore than any other game I've ever seen from Nintendo. Yeah, the, I the lore in this is pretty I just want pretty nuts. It's so all over the everyone place. Everyone to know if you Google uh Gooey Kirby, the first three images are really like what that tongue do. Make sure you turn oh, safe search no. on mm-hmm. or off, depending on what you're looking for. Yeah, depending on what you're into. 
depending on how what side you fall on of rule 34 turn safe search on or off as needed we're a pro gooey podcast um well i'm pro gooey so i'm definitely pro gooey we yeah no we're, we're definitely a pro gooey podcast um we can talk a little bit more about meta Knight because i think we are only touched on that but uh is dreamland adventure is the first appearance of meta Knight, correct i think so yeah i want to bear i played quite a bit of dreamland in the last couple days but Meta Knight is kind of like this character juxtaposed against Kirby as he has those little beady yellow eyes and there's you never see him without his armor on. But underneath it is very clearly alluded that he is he is whatever Kirby is, um, which I assume is God. Um, but he's got well, a, he, there is the son, there is the son, the father and the Holy Spirit. So there is a third one to, to finish the Trinity that makes up God. Yeah, that that makes perfect, perfect sense. It's a um, Judeo-Christian story. Kirby, but it's an allegory. If it really, really wants you to to feel it, if you go onto uh, Fandom's Kirby page, the Kirby Wiki, um, no. at the top of Meta Knight's page is this quote: oh, "This darkness must meet my sword." I can't see. Th- I can't do it. See, you know what? I used to think that Meta Knight was kind of like the Shadow of the Hedgehog for Kirby, but Meta Knight is cooler, and he also has more. Oh honor. yeah, Meta Knight doesn't completely suck. Like, he's not just edgy. Like I know he's edgy. I mean, I know he is. He is just edgy, but he's not. I'm pretty sure my memory of Meta Knight was that he was actually a cool guy too. At the end of the day, yeah, he's definitely. Even though he just rode a big ass airship and tried to kill you several times, he was still pretty. Yeah, cool. so Meta Knight is the, reasons. is the leader of a larger group known as the Meta Knights, and he, uh, as wow. you alluded, this is also a stage in multiple Smash games. He pilots the battleship Halibird. Uh so he's like I don't know, Kirby's edge lord. Um, I I don't wait. Hold on. So he's Meta Knight, who is leader of the Meta Knights. Correct. That's right. But right. they actually give an original name to the ship. Like it wasn't just like the meta ship. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, the battle. That's where all the creativity goes. Here's a, the meta here's type. something I'm interested in though, because I don't know if when the, the the ship might not be named until it appears as a level in Smash. Um, but uh, Kirby is not named as uh, I'm sorry, Meta Knight is not named as Meta Knight until uh, Kirby's Avalanche, which was released in '95. Um, oh yeah they don't give you anything about in kirby's adventure you always see him in like a castle looking scenario but the castle part's only on the edge and he just pops out points his sword down at kirby and then like other knight characters with other weapons come at kirby on the different levels yeah like it's it's more analogous to like those are the meta knights i believe yeah, but, like, they're just more comparable to almost, like, the Proto-Man fights for Mega Man 3. Like, you know, he stops you for, like, 30 seconds, you f- you fight for a bit, and then you move on. Like, he has no character. He doesn't have the yellow eyes you were bringing up before. All you see is, like, the mask, and he yeah. doesn't even have the cape yet. No. A lot of that stuff would come into fruition later as the character gained popularity and became, like, a, a bigger staple. But it was very much, I think, at, at the time of creation, supposed to be, like, the Proto-Man to his Mega Man the knuckles to his sonic sort of thing yeah i think the proto man thing is probably more apt too because like they like you said he's the same thing as kirby yeah underneath like whatever's under that, that armor it's the same thing yeah exactly um but another staple of later kirby games would be the the hard or like nightmare mode where you play as meta knight um a bunch of kirby games after you beat them have a much harder difficulty where you can only play as meta knight which is is interesting i often find those modes really fun because it sort of limits how you play meta knight moves around a little with a little bit of a different context in most games and basically it's like kirby's locked into that sword power but there's a little more variety to it because meta knight does not absorb people uh he just has a sword um what is it what's kirby's motivation um uh, i tell you there's actually there is actually like there's a story in each one and this was from you know an era where we actually had instruction manuals so they actually say the motivation in each one so like if you again let's go to the kirby wiki it does give you (laughs) i'm never going i'm gonna be so willfully ignorant on purpose i'm never you don't want to peel back the curtains you questions i'm gonna ask you questions every single time for the rest of the slot i'm on the kirby wiki and i'm never gonna go easily answered on the kirby wiki so fine i'm on the kirby i I went to the kirby Wiki. you folded pretty fast there i did 
after that entire so, thing. So I, I went to the Kirby movie. lives in his dome shaped home in Dreamland, a country on his. <laughs> I thought you were fucking with me for a second. A country on his home planet, Pop Star. Uh, his adventures take him throughout Dreamland and occasionally into local star systems for various reasons. And he has saved his homeland and even the universe many times. Come on, let's give us a little more. What's the motivation? I don't, I don't know. Like, the, I understand. Like, in some games, I get it. I understand some of the motivations that he has. Like, I'm pretty sure there's one with, like, a cake. And his birthday gets crashed or something. I don't know. But, like, what's his motivation? Now, here. You know? Here's Kirby's adventure. One day, the peaceful peaceful life of Dreamland was shattered by a mysterious crisis. The inhabitants didn't dream. On the edge of Dreamland, dreams and hope once gushed forth from the Dream Spring, fueled by the Star Rod. Investigating the Dream Spring, Kirby found naughty King Dedede swimming in its magical waters. Dedede had broken the Star Rod and given the pieces to his friends who are now hiding in Dreamland. To bring back the lost dreams, Kirby sought the Star Rod. Okay. Oh, the star there we go. rod. Okay. There we go. There we go. There we here's go. A, now we're here's in. a sentence. I had ass lore. Here's a sentence I had to read, so now you two have to hear it. Kirby has no form of skeletal structure, nor does he have teeth. Now, that's okay. But, but in now, case did you, you have say search okay. on when you look that up, in case you, yeah, in case you're wondering why we know this, uh, the latter is confirmed in the anime episode, a dental dilemma where Hardy couldn't find Kirby's teeth to clean. Was like Kirby going to a dentist thinking he had to, despite the lack of teeth. I, I don't know. We'd have to watch the episode. We should probably pause this recording and I'll go watch the episode. You know what? You know what? I would, I hate to derail like this. Cause now I, I, the more I stare in Kirby. Yes. The reason why Kirby games are great is because, honestly, the only time I ever really played them was when I was winding down. The only thing I think that brought me a challenge or that I beat in its entirety was Amazing Mirror, but I'm not going to talk about that. Dreamland and Dreamland 2 were just fun, and they were just challenging when they needed to be. To your point earlier, Rich, you could just make it challenging, and that was fun. Yeah. They also do have but, hard modes. Like They're not Meta Knight modes, but if you did do button combinations, you could access a hard mode that gave the enemies more health, um, changed up the enemies, and changed their layouts. And there are a few modes added to Kirby's Adventure in Nightmare and Dreamland. Uh, I'm sorry, to Kirby's Dreamland in Nightmare and Dreamland. They get rough. Hell, it's true. Even in the original one, there's a boss rush mode. Something you think of like, yeah, with, like, those, Castlevania. Those are really fun. I think they have that in Nightmare and Dreamland, they do. too. That's a really, it's a really fun Thank you for unlocking that memory. That's something that I used to play a lot. But that's something you that think of with like of harder action games, not Kirby. It's like, oh, I'm going to go play Castlevania, you know, Order of Ecclesia boss rush. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to go play Kirby boss rush. What? It just, yeah, it just actually, sounds incongruent <laughs> with like the whole idea. Yeah, Kirby did that really well, actually. But I never, oddly enough, I just never bought into the mascot of Kirby. I don't know why. I mean, Kirby's really cute. But yeah, he's boneless, got no teeth. Yo, give me, g- give me that boneless Kirby. <laughs> yeah, he's got boneless, got no teeth, can't even speak, and he just kind of looks like a piece of gum. And you have Dreamland, which is this big, wondrous world with Rick the Hamster and a couple of other people. <laughs> the I wouldn't want to be friends with Rick Kirby. The it just doesn't, doesn't look like fun. It's just. He's just there. There is a whole subsection on the Kirby wiki uh, that has like six paragraphs that's just labeled gender, and we're not going to get into that right now. I can't do this. This is a Kotaku. Just, we don't have time to get into the gender seems, of Kirby. And maybe that's his appeal with everybody. He's just very one note. But then you get like, you get games like the one that's coming out, right? And Nintendo's like, you know what? We got to shake this shit up. And they just make Kirby suck up like half a car. He doesn't even finish the job and he still is able to operate. Kirby, it. It's just weird. In that game, Kirby absorbs a vending machine and then fires cans out of it. And you have to pick up the cans to reload the ammo. It's a beautiful game. Well, someone from there watched <laughs> that scene from that Transformers movie where the Matrix made like a Decepticon Mountain Dew vending machine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They did. Um, Where? So... In your opinion, then, you both, do you think, compared to where Kirby's starting right now, from where we know Kirby began with Dreamland Adventure to where it is today, do you think, and Rich, I guess more specifically you playing the demo, do you think that this is a bold new direction that they're going forward with with Kirby? Do you think it's that different 
compared to, I guess, how it used to start back in the day? Do you think it's still purpose to be a side-scroller and that's where it could really shine? Or do you think that this new foray into the old open-world bit is the way to go? Well, it's not even open-world. It's it's a level-based game. Um, I like For some reason, a lot of people seem to have thought it was open-world, but those words were never said by anyone actually making the game. Um, Damn. I will say it's bold because it's only bold because it kind of made me go, huh, I guess they haven't made a real proper 3D Kirby yet. Um, and I think it translates pretty well. It's got some good boss design. It's got some good power design, including that mouthful mode um, where Kirby like absorbs traffic cones and shit. Uh, I, I, I think it's neat and I think it plays well. And um, I hope it does well simply because like Kirby deserves the attention to like, you know, try something new and branch out into a 3D space because pretty much every other game that was coming up around the time did so way sooner. Yeah. You know yeah. what this game looks I thought like? It, was... it looks like Mario Odyssey. Like, it almost looks like the Mario Odyssey-ing of Kirby. I don't think it's quite as um, monumental in that. Like, it doesn't feel that big. But there, there's definitely elements of that that are, are being taken into account. And, you know, you got to do it. It's because uh, the reason we're recording this episode when we are, uh, you, you guys are probably listening to this in March. In April, uh, Kirby is turning 30. So that, that's why we're here talking about Kirby now. Damn. Kirby has also had a lot of... This is, and this is for a greater episode, too, to really dot. Kirby has also had, in my opinion, just the most variety of types of games here. And maybe, again, this is rooted in my own ignorance, but... Like, Kirby had Canvas Curse. I know they had a... Was it with Epic Yarn. Pinball? Is that a game? Epic Yarn yeah, is a game. You have Kirby's Air Ride, Epic which Yarn. is a sort of racing game. Kirby's Avalanche. And to this day, I don't know of another game that was quite like Kirby Superstar, where it gave you like eight different types of kind of mini gamey games as its game with some other full games in it. It's just, it was cool. I mean, Kirby was a. It's just a different. He's just a different IP. Yeah. Built different. Kirby kind of became a special boy in that regard. Like, one of the last things I do want to talk about, um, if you guys have like other specific Kirby game things you want to touch on, uh, before I do this, but I do want to talk about his presence in uh, the Smash series. Well, before yeah, we do yeah. that, I do just want to ask, out of the Kirby games that you play, that you guys have played, what's your favorite, just simple question, what's your favorite Kirby power? Hmm. I, I'm partial to the sword because it just feels like old reliable, but in terms of like reckless abandon, I actually really like Kirby's tornado power. I like it for his headgear, for the tornado power. That's some cool stuff. It's a, um, he's just wild. He's all over the screen with that one, just swirling around, fucking dudes up. For for pure style, I really liked... Um, this is why Amazing Gear was always fun. The cutter hat that he had, where he threw the fin at people, but he always wore that dope cap yeah, with yeah. it. So, so the so, cut power... So he was like Kung Honorable Lao mention, though, to the Kung Fu, where he literally just suplexes people. Like, that was always the funniest power to me. I love that just... Because you had to fight that, I think, that beetle that did it. But, yeah, like, those two, the best. You rest uh, confident that Cutter is, like, one of the first powers you can grab in Kirby in the Forgotten Lands. Like, the dude with the big blade in this hat. And I was like, it's cutting time. It's classic. Damn. Do you guys remember my favorite, the UFO power in Kirby's Adventure? Yes. So cool. Yes. So cool. Well, it combines it was rare so for much. a good reason. Yeah, it. You had the beam. you had the beam saber thing. And then you were able to fire the gun that you could charge up. And you were just flying. No, that was a great power. So cool. Yeah, that's a classic. I used to, when I when I first got that as a kid and it turned into the UFO, I lost it. It was so cool. Yeah. It's just great designs all around in this game. Seriously. And then yeah, when they added into the hats, it didn't take away. I think it only added on in the sense of giving them that style. Yeah, and that style would carry over into what, what I wanted to talk about here, which was... Uh, I figured that was a segue. Sakurai's other baby, uh, which is the Sma Super Smash series. And some <coughs> Kirby really becomes a star here, I think, because specifically for, like, audiences in the West, like, Smash is not quite as big in Japan as it is here. Um, mm. But we fucking eat it up here. And Kirby became this, like, versatile character because, you know... His thing is he absorbs people, he gets a hat, he gets their powers. So we've all seen what would happen to Kirby if he swallowed Solid Snake. We've seen the road he goes down in this dark future. 
or when he swallows Joker from Persona 5 and he gets a handgun. Yeah, the cl- the classics, exactly. Um, we all have seen Kirby with Sephiroth's hair. It's a weird time to be alive. Well, this is what I was saying earlier. Like Kirby's progression into just being a popular character, it's kind of wild because, especially in Smash, to your point, like anytime new characters came out, Obviously, people wanted to see the new characters, but then the next question usually immediately was, "What's Kirby going to look what like? What is Kirby's power? Yeah, what is he going to look like? Yeah, and what's his power that he's going to steal?" And that, to me, was just so funny because it's just one character in a game it's, that's literally built to be like the largest roster of games, and every single but, time across the entire IP, it's what's Kirby that's the look crazy like? thing what's though, right? Is like by Kirby's nature in that game. Every time you add a new character to Smash, you also add a new weapon to Kirby's toolkit. Well, he always got their neutral B, right? It's never like anything Yeah, it's else. pretty consistent. Yeah, it's just usually just when you press B with no direction. So like I said, for like Joker, yeah. Persona 5, he gets a hand he gets a handgun like he's about to hold up a 7-Eleven. But like... And maybe he'll you know, do that. We don't know. Like he sucks up... Yeah, or he sucks up for you and he gets the Hadouken. Like, it's just... It was just funny. It's just Kirby. And at this point... That's why, at least when it came to the IP, I mean, what, what was the last Kirby game that came out? Was it Robobot? Uh, they they the come out pretty Star, Star Allies for the Switch. Ah, it's just, he comes out with just some games that kind of flew under my radar personally, but Smash was kind of just where Kirby was. I don't know. I mean, that was his main well, thing. A fear. lot of that has to do know. with Sakurai being at the helm of that series and just yeah. loving Kirby as his special little boy. Uh, particularly Smash Ultimate's opening cutscene is a super hyper violent cutscene where all the characters die except for Kirby. <laughs> Kirby, I remember, and he looks out into the world. Yeah, which so is kind funny. of an amazing. To be fair, though, and Sakurai has said commented on that cutscene, and I agree with him. He does truly believe he's like, oh yeah, Kirby is the only one who would have survived that. Kirby has to rekindle the universe. Kir- Kirby is the um, Kirby is the tarnished. He is the unsung tarnished. And Rich, just you were bringing up before the last Kirby game, actually according to this list, Kirby Fighters 2 came out on September 23rd, 2020 on the Switch. I'm sorry, what? Kirby Fighters 2. The second fighter. I was unfamiliar with Kirby Fighters 1. Oh, that that was... I was just about to look up Kirby's Fighters. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm a liar. I was sent a demo build of this at one point. Oh my god. it's like, Oh, Kirby Fighters. There's a Kirby Battle Royale. There's Super Kirby Clash. Yeah. Kirby Clash. There's a a few Kirby Clash games. Like, there are the three. No, like, and, but that's to your point, Eric, that Kirby gets thrown in anywhere, which I think it's part of his appeal is that Nintendo and Kirby is a luchador. Like, they're so, they're just so experimental with him. They're just like, so he'll have like traditional action platformers they throw him in fighting games he has his own battle royale they give him a mech they give him yarn like they have an idea and they're just like i don't know let's try it out let let me be real with you guys kirby fighters 2 is on switch for 1999 and what this game looks like to me they just made smash but everyone's kirby they just gave the people what they wanted yeah there's sword kirby bomb kirby Kirby. staff kirby there's yo-yo kirby luchador kirby Yo-Yo wow. Kirby, I came that backwards in, I came cap into this is cast no joke. Thinking Kirby was one no, I'm leaving this cast now knowing that Kirby this is This podcast is now only about Kirby. Next month we're doing the Kirby anime. <laughs> I mean, you could. I, I, you want to know something. There probably is cast surrounded with this, and you probably could have a nice, healthy amount of content every single time. I didn't know he was so prevalent in so many different ways it's kind of insane they do they just experiment you like kirby really is like that test bed character like they don't want to try they don't want to go too much off the beaten path with something like mario or even zelda like you know you look at breath of the wild like obviously but that's still zelda in the end you know you look at mario odyssey that changes some stuff but it's still mario but they're not gonna you know they're not gonna turn it around and like be like oh let's try a zelda pinball game that seems like fun yeah i don't know you're a moblin i have no idea kirby is still willing to try wild crazy shit in a way they you really only saw games do in like the nes era no and i'm guessing i mean it must be profitable too i'm i'm really hoping that this new one to your point earlier rich it actually gets a lot of buzz a lot of people buy it i it's just interesting 
if anything else, it's always interesting to see what they do with it. Um, I hope it sells pretty well because if they make another one, I mean, that's great. 3D Kirby. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the Switch's popularity will guarantee a healthy amount of sales. Because also the game, like, it's a Nintendo game, so even as, at this point, as underpowered as the Switch is, it still looks great. Yeah, because, and I don't know if, for all the faults Nintendo has with it, I got to give them props sometimes, and maybe it's just pure luck for how they created these guys back in the day. Kirby's just so simplistic in design, just like with Mario or any of the other Nintendo, you don't need to go... 4k high def with these guys no. you, you can no. make them look excellent without pushing any envelope whatsoever the art design is what's important kirby is a like yeah. living japanese cartoon character and he is that design is timeless that character is instantly recognizable um you really yeah, can't miss with it no and you wow, just look kirby at him, like, the ufo rich rich did you put that picture down there yes i did yeah like like look at that couldn't you imagine that character like that's gonna be our thumbnail so this won't like go missed by people it's just kirby in a ufo for those it's gonna be the thumbnail it's the thumbnail image but but i could just see that image like selling like bubble tea like i would buy a i'd like cancel the show and go get a kirby bubble tea right now (laughs) this is this is exactly what i'm talking about (laughs) that's wild well i know i know i don't want to derail it but can we close by just asking like what if you had to pick kind of what your favorite like third party non mainline Kirby game was? What would it be if you've played them? Because for me personally, mine was Air Ride. That game was I cut above the rest. It was such a strange game, but I loved I, it. I think that might be it for, for me too. Like I have, I don't remember, I don't know how much Air Ride hold up, but I remember enjoying it a lot. And based off what I've read on the wikis, apparently this would count. So I'm actually going to say Kirby's Epic Yarn because I adore that game. Mm. Um, I'm looking at the list right now. I'm gonna have to say Canvas Curse on the DS. That, that That's was a, good a cool one, one too. Again, yeah, there's I so many good that games. Game getting so much shit back in the day, but that was when with the DS. Yeah, DS. That really showed some of its stylus capability. That was a cool game. Hell yeah, it was. Um, and he was stuck in the ball for like you know it's it's a different game, and again, it's just so experimental. Before we take off, I'm going to ask one more Kirby game-related question, because normally when we close these, I ask you guys if these games are worth going back to, if you think they're worth their time. I think since we kind of went all over the place with Kirby games a little bit more than we normally do this time, what I'm going to ask instead is, uh, somebody who never played a Kirby game wants to go pick one up for the first time, what would you guys say is the best place to start? Whoever wants to. I would say Night. I'd say Kirby's Adventure like the original nes one because also it's readily available it's on the switch online thing you could easily get it and play it and it gives you exactly what you need to know what kirby is what his basic game is and you know oh all the you know you know him from smash now you know exactly how we got there cool i think that's a good recommend eric i think I would give them Nightmare in Dreamland, but I was thinking about accessibility. That's what I was going to land on too, but like to Ray's point, I think it's much easier at this point to go find Adventure. Yeah, Yeah, I would definitely back up on Adventure just to have it. For an immediate follow-up, I would give them Superstar, because I think that just has so much variety to it that they could just go ham afterward, but yeah, Kirby's Adventure, for sure. I'm, I'm... Still holds I'm up. hoping the Switch really does, you know, start adding some Game Boy games to that virtual selection. Just, you know, get the, the original three Dreamland games in there. Um, give us more Kirby. The people want Kirby. Yeah, I don't know if I have nostalgia goggles on, but wasn't Amazing Mirror, like, really good? I, I really I like Amazing game. Mirror quite a bit. I think, Ray, we were I thought that about game earlier. was one of the best. You, yeah. That's a good Kirby game. That's one of the really good GBA ones, as, as is Nightmare in Dreamland. I'm not sure Kirby has, especially the mainline ones, I'm not sure any of them are bad. I think more, I mean, I never played the N64 one, and I know the N64 is a huge misstep in a lot of things, (laughs) but I feel like in general, Kirby's basement in terms of quality is actually pretty high. Don't go to Kirby's basement, kids. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> Turn on safe search. It's like his basement. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't like. At at the worst, Kirby game is still pretty okay. I I can't I can't find anything wrong with them. I 
I think they're all pretty damn consistent half of the time if you're just playing the mainline platformer games. I agree, though. Adventure, I have to agree. Adventure still, as I think about it, holds up easily. It's just so it's just good. It's just a simple pick-up-and-play game. Yeah, agreed. 100% agreed. Um, also, before we go, I do just want to say there is a game that we never got, and now in that Chrono Cross remake, we should have new hope. There is a Sistella View Kirby game. It's called Kirby's Toy Box. I've heard of this. Right. I've heard of that game. Yeah, uh-huh. and this has never come out here, but now since we're getting Radical Dreamers with that Chrono Cross remaster, yeah. maybe Nintendo will be like, you know what? Let's give them Kirby's Toy Box. Because I mean, it seems like a minigame game collection. Also, cool. to be totally fair, uh, Nintendo has done a thing that has still surprised me, which is like on that virtual console on the Switch, they've put out some purely Japanese releases and done nothing to them. Been like, they're here if you want to fumble through the menus. <laughs> They're like, enjoy this weeb. Here you go, you you fucking dork. Um, But on that note, I don't know. This has been a pretty good Kirby conversation. Should we do the the, uh, inevitable housekeeping and get out of here? Yeah. All right. uh, So I am Richard Meiser. This has been another monthly dive into Chomping at the Bits. Happy 30th birthday uh, to Kirby. We will be back next month with... You'll have to wait and see because we're going to talk about it as soon as we leave here. Um... You can find me on Twitter at the Richmeister Zero and over at SwordChomp.com, where this podcast and many others are hosted. Uh, I was joined by one Ray McGill. Ray, you got anything you want to plug? Plug away. Just find me on Twitter. Ray knows nothing, and you know you see me write sometimes on SwordChomp. You haven't seen as much from me lately because there's actually new stuff coming out, and I've been playing mostly old stuff. That there is some stuff you have sent me that is going to be up soon. So probably, actually, one of those things probably by the time this is up. And Eric Ortiz, newly, newly uh, in the UK, living his best life. Newly limeyized. You can find him on this podcast as well as other places. Do you have any anywhere else you want to say where the people can track you down and stalk here? No, I always should plug Sword Chomp, though. Definitely go there. Some a lot of great content, including this podcast. That's right. All right, let's let's get out of here. We have Kirby to play. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.